The excitement begins on the House of Representatives. They are uh, about to take a vote on whether or not McCarthy becomes Speaker of the House. When uh, we get to something substantive, we'll bring it to you. Uh, in the meantime, we had a caller talking about POTS. Uh, got a message here from uh, Randy. He said, my wife has lived with POTS for years. Uh, it's very manageable after they figure out the meds that work for you. She has uh, very few issues anymore. Uh, as long as she takes uh, the meds, it's not a death sentence. In the meantime, uh, there's a piece at uh, PubMed. Um, COVID-19 vaccination might induce uh, POTS. or uh, It's actually postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, uh, a case report. So, you know, this uh, previous caller could very well be suffering from POTS because of this. He also may be suffering from POTS, and it has nothing to do with this. Epidemiologists, honest epidemiologists, will be able to make a determination based on the number of sudden, you know, if there's a sudden surge in POTS, uh, they may make a connection that way. And maybe science will, you know, come up with why the spiked protein might or might not cause it. Time will tell. I wish him the best. In the meantime, on POTS, John's on the line. John, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Gary. Thank you. Enjoying your program as always. And I'm just calling uh, in regard to the gentleman that called in about POTS. Uh, I have great empathy for him. Our, our son has had, had POTS-related headaches and things for nine and a half years. And so I just wanted to contribute that, you know, it wasn't, it was long before the COVID vaccine. But, um, and so, you know, I, I know it's been around for a while and he has severe headaches most every day because of that issue. And, you know, we've tried a lot of different things, haven't found any cure for it yet, but I know it's a, it's a terrible problem for the people that have it. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, I don't want to discount it. It could very well have happened because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it may very well have just been um, correlation. It just happened to hit him after that. Uh, science will be able to, to determine that. Uh, and, and it is apparently manageable. And I certainly wish him the best. I wish your son the best of luck, too. Well, thank you. We keep hoping it'll, it'll get a little better. But we tried a lot of different medications and things. And nothing has stopped it yet but uh hopefully it'll it'll get better what where have you been going for treatment well we we started out here in columbia that we, we went to mayo clinic uh early on uh that's where they that he was on borderline pots he wasn't quite at the level which they diagnosed at that but he had the same symptoms when he would get up in the morning uh he would lose his vision either totally or just partially for just a little bit and then as soon as his vision came back, his, this headache would hit, and it'd be like a, you know, a 9 or 10 on the pain scale. Wow. And, and it would stay with him all day long until he went to sleep. And if he got a decent night's rest, he wouldn't have a headache when he woke up, but it would start all over. So he had varying degrees of headache, but some type of headache almost every day in the last nine and a half years, yeah. Wow. I, ho- I certainly hope they get that under control. John, thank you for the call. Thank you, Gary. All right. Bye-bye. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. <clears throat> uh, 
Um, what Denise just sent me a message, Brian, that she wakes up with a headache all the time too. That's understandable. That, perfectly, yeah. That that's uh, that's what you're. That's going to be a lifelong headache, and uh, uh, yeah. it's never going to go away. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh. no cure. Oh uh, yeah, there is. Well, there is one cure, but yeah. it, you know. <laughs> we won't get into that. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. We'll keep an eye on the House of Representatives. We'll let you know what's going on there. In the meantime, Gun Owners of America, I, I belonged to the NRA for years. Uh, Wayne LaPierre, I was his guest host in Washington. I would uh, sit in for him on his radio program. But uh, I became aware of Gun Owners of America, one of uh, several other organizations that are Second Amendment supporters. And I actually like them a little better. Um because they're fearless. They don't, they don't play politics. They understand what the Second Amendment is. They support the Second Amendment. And whether it's popular or not, they stand on principle. So I, I've become a big fan of theirs. Uh, Gun Owners of America labels 18 Republican senators as turncoats. A lobby group slams members who voted to pass omnibus spending bill that it says funds Biden's gun control programs. Um, and, you know, this this is true. The, the omnibus bill uh, is giving, I think, uh, BATF a, a, a billion plus dollars, a huge increase in uh, what they've been uh, allotted. And they're going to do the pistol ban and they're, they're all doing all kinds of stuff that are just anti-Second Amendment. If you're standing on principle, you, you won't vote for a bill that has this. You just won't. Um, they uh, issued a scathing rebuke of the 18 Republican senators who voted for the 2023 Omnibus Appropriations Act. In a December 22 uh, press release, they accused the group of, uh, of uh, advancing Biden administration's anti-gun agenda. Unfortunately, 12 gun control items just passed the Senate with the help of these 18 Republican turncoats. The Republicans who voted for the bill, and the first one is Senator Roy Blunt, Missouri. Uh, but Boozman of uh, Arkansas, uh, Shelley Moore Capito, West Virginia, Sue Collins of Maine is no surprise, John Cornyn of Texas, uh, Tom Cotton from Arkansas, Lindsey Graham, that's not a surprise, South Carolina, Jim Inhofe, Oklahoma, Mitch McConnell, gee, who would have thunk it, uh, Jerry Moran from Kansas, Murkowski from Alaska, Portman from Ohio, Romney from Utah. It is the who's who of, frankly, milk toast Republicans. And they voted for this. Some surprised me. Shelby from Alabama surprised me. Uh, Richard Thune, uh, South Dakota. Attempts by the Epic Times to contact the senators were unsuccessful, uh, due mainly to the fact that their offices were closed for the Christmas holidays. All 18 expressed support for the Second Amendment on their websites. All but Senators Thune and Rounds mentioned their omnibus votes. The vast majority of military spending, national security issues, and funding were part of their decision. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. See, this is why you want the One Subject at a Time Act. So you're not stuck in this boat. But voting to support this bill, I would have, I would have thought this 
was absolutely unsupportable. I would have said no. I don't care the consequences. You want to, you know, you want this big omnibus bill because you're afraid uh, you wouldn't get everything you wanted if you if you voted in a timely fashion for for the funding for these groups. I'm not going to suddenly let you off the hook. It's it, I would vote no. But they, it, and and this is one of the reasons Blunt was never really a conservative. He, he he voted for this. He sold you out. It's it's it, 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 but you know the NRA may not point this out, but gun owners of America will. Gun owners of America will. Uh, I like the fact that they are fearless in their support for the Second Amendment. We've got a piece here. I'm not sure I'm buying into this. The leftist, this is from biopolitics, the leftist personality, left-wing ideology, as a biological phenomenon. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, and then um, Eric Geller posted something. We didn't talk about the, the passing of the Pope. We're going to get to that. Uh, the Idaho murderer or alleged murderer, we'll, we'll get to that too. All coming up. Right here at the Gary Nolan Show. The Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 11.20. Glad to have you with, <clears throat> Excuse me. Glad to have you with us. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm not used to talking for three hours. It's, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, maybe we should be watching C-SPAN, Brian. You, you think that might be... Uh, is that where uh, this is going? I think that the uh, feed that we're getting is going to show what we want to hear when it's available. All right. Well, it... it um, it's going to be interesting. The, the House of Representatives, they've got to choose a speaker. That started about 20 minutes ago. And McCarthy doesn't have the votes. There are just not enough Republicans that he can get past the objections of five Republicans. And Will uh, they know that they have the votes before they take the vote? Well, normally they do. But these five are standing on principle. Well, if they're standing on principle and they know that they don't have five, they're not going to take it to a vote, are they? Well, they're going to have to. Okay. Um, Brian Fitzpatrick, he's a congressman from uh, Pennsylvania, suggested that an alternative candidate for the speaker uh, who might uh, challenge McCarthy would have to come from outside of Congress. You don't have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be the speaker. Uh, McCarthy is, uh, you know, really on the edge. He needs 218 votes. Wouldn't it be amazing if they did get somebody from outside the House? Somebody without a, 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 a political race to worry about? Just a real conservative? I, I would, uh, I'd love to see Ron Paul. Uh, I don't think there's enough people that are willing to set the precedent that you can work for four years and bring a party from the minority to the majority and then get jettisoned in the end. Uh, Caitlin Collins, uh, Tuesday, uh, alternatives to McCarthy would have to come from outside the House. Um, McCarthy's four years as minority leader, nobody's ever going to put uh, put the work in if it happens. So I think that the habitus would be to go outside the house. 
I, I'm not impressed with him. I, I, I'm just, I am not impressed with him. I get the feeling that if McCarthy is elected Speaker of the House, he won't be really much different than John Boehner. And Boehner was useless as a speaker. It, it, nothing really got accomplished. All the promises they made, they didn't keep. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not seeing anything really good uh, coming out of a McCarthy uh, speakership. I would, I would really like to see, and and this is, I guess, the problem with Republicans. If they stand on principle, they get attacked. It's hard to do. It really is. When everybody is saying compromise, 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 and somebody else is saying, no, this is the way, to, this is legally what our obligation is, this is morally what our obligation is, we need to say what we believe, vote the way we believe, stand on principle, they get attacked. You know, now they're, you know, kooks and crazies and they're obstinate, recalcitrant, bad guys and gals. They're just, they're, they're being attacked left and right. If there are a total of 20 who won't vote for him, if it's true that those five have an additional 15 who will admit uh, that they're, you know, they're not going to vote for McCarthy. McCarthy could have a real problem. And if they continue to stand on principle, the Republicans will have literally two choices. Either stay here in limbo and not get anything done or find somebody else. And that's what I hope happens. I hope they stand on principle and they find somebody else. Somebody wakes up and goes, look, we're not getting anywhere with you. Uh, you know, McCarthy, we, we tried. We got to find somebody else. We got to get things done. Let's throw another hat in the ring and see what happens. Hopefully that changes things. Hopefully they get somebody in there with a testicular fortitude to really make a difference and not turn around a cave every time you turn every time you look. On the speaker uh, question, by the way, if you want in 874-9390 or toll-free 800-529-5572. David is on the line. David, welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm well. How are you? I do am well. I would almost be willing to bet if it's just five you'll get that many Democratic votes. I don't know. If the I'm Democrats a... will vote for him. He's a, he's a, he's wishy-washy. It'll suit them just fine to have somebody wishy-washy. I wouldn't put him past him to try to find some Democrats to do that. But the Democrats, oh, if, they're, if the Democrats are smart, they'll just sit back and let it happen. Mm, I don't know. If they do that, they may get somebody they don't want. McCarthy's no. going to suit them just fine. Yeah, they're they they're going to be watching the Republicans and the infighting, and they're going to make hay out of it. Uh, it's going to benefit the Democrats if the Republicans don't settle on somebody. So I don't see that it's possible, and I wouldn't put yep, it past it McCarthy to go find a couple of Democrats and see if he can talk them into it. Uh, but you know, they could make a mistake and end up with a Democrat. Yeah. You just take one parliamentary error and 
you know, here we go. Steaming pile of Pelosi is back on the on the tape. All right, David, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I don't know. I just, I admire these five. I admire them. And and they may, they may be able to, to actually change the outcome here. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Or go to GaryNolan.com. You can send me a message. It'll pop up right here in studio. Biden's director of national intelligence and the British counterpart, um, they want um, alliances with big tech to make government-backed narratives appear to be trusted. Warroom.org. Director of National Intelligence, Averill Haynes, revealed the White House vast efforts to debunk disinformation and false narratives, <clears throat> including about Russia and Ukraine war, while speaking with a leading British intelligence officer who called on Western intelligence agencies to pre-bunk disinformation and use alliances between big tech and the government to make the people view government-backed narratives with more trust. Is that the job? Is that something the government should really be doing? You know, everybody f from uh, the Pentagon to the EPA, they've all got their spokespeople. Certainly the, the administration does. If they see something that is out there in the zeitgeist, they can have a press conference and say, that's just not true. I, I don't have a problem with that. Even if they lie, which I expect that they would, because that's what government does. But I don't think they should be going to Twitter and Facebook and telling them, don't run that, don't let that be said. What they're doing is trying to circumvent your freedom of speech. And their argument is, look, we're, we're not forcing them to do this. We're just asking them to do this, and they are. Technically, that may be true. But when they, you know, hold the sword of Damocles over their head, hey, you know that uh, immunity thing that we've given you? Well, we just might take that out. Then, I would argue, they're violating freedom of speech. They ought to just stay out of it entirely. Uh, Brian, do I have time to get Rick's call in? You do? If it's uh, 45 seconds. 45 seconds, Rick, on the speaker. Review the role of the speaker, and can any representative offer a bill and then it goes through that speaker? Is that how it works? What, what do you mean, go through the speaker? In other words, I file a bill, and the speaker of the House can say, well, this has no merit, we'll bring it to committee, or... Well, the committees, it ends up in committee, they got to vote on it, and then uh, the timetable is is uh, up to them, uh, not not to the congressperson who introduced it. Does he control the agenda is what I'm getting at? Essentially, yeah. That's why somebody would want that job besides a fat check, I guess. <laughs> They'd want them for both. All right, Rick, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. We're up against the clock. Back after the news. The Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 1135. Glad to have you with us. Uh, glad to be with you. The Idaho um, murderer, alleged murderer, uh, I guess police matched DNA that was found at the crime scene. And then they used that genetic DNA search thing. Have you seen anybody do that, Brian? You seen that on TV? On say that one more time. I'm sorry. Well, I was they can on. take a they can get a a, a a bit of genetic material. Yes, and then they can search some of these websites where people have volunteered uh, to to share their yes, genetic material. like your ancestry.com or whatever. Yeah, I don't think they do it, but several do. It's genetic genealogy, right? And then they they sort of build a family tree out and narrow it down until they they were able to come yes. up with this this guy. It's incredibly complicated to me, uh, but I've seen the woman who uh, actually pioneered this on TV. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, it that's really incredible. Is. Yeah, I mean, if they found DNA that was not from any of the victims on the scene, they're going to hang on to that and put that in a database and see if they draw any matches. And then they're going to say, hey, here's a relative that, you know, is within a certain distance of... Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, they found their match. It is it is amazing. Here's the thing that, that um, troubles me. This was a party house. And the doors were always open. And he could have been there um, partying. He could have been. And, did you hear if they did find the murder weapon or no? Last I heard, they did not. Okay. Now, if they find blood in his car, they've got him. Yeah. I mean, there's you, That's you can't the come up with you're looking for. Yeah. If they just say, "Well, or we found clothing. Yeah. Uh, any of that. Uh, if they come up with uh, your DNA was found in the house, he could say, well, yeah, it was a party house, and I stopped by a couple times. It's not surprising my DNA would be there. Yep. Uh, and then it might also depend on where they found the DNA. Uh, you know, if it was it, it was uh, extracted from his blood, and I don't know if the technology exists um, to make that case, but if it was his blood, they've got him. Uh, but this guy was... He's really arrogant. I mean, he just, you know, he wants to go back and he's going to be exonerated and blah, blah, blah. And, and I love these people who are, you know, uh, you know, absolutely outwardly caught dead nuts in the act. And then they plead not guilty. <laughs> it's like, what? Come on. It's just routine. Yeah. It's up to the state to prove your guilt or innocence. Yeah, I suppose, and I guess there. Everybody is entitled to the best defense they can get. Just you'd think they would. Somebody would. I just live for the day when somebody goes. You know, why put you through it? You, <laughs> I know. You got I me did dead. It. You got me. You got me dead. It would to be rights. refreshing, but it just doesn't happen. <laughs> It'd be like a politician being honest. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. But I'm. What I do you make of the fact that there are reports that? Uh, well, first that he, this. Uh, alleged murderer had made the comment to police that have you arrested anyone else yeah first of all that and then the fact that he was with his father uh prior to this incident driving around miles and miles together and that kind of like led me to believe like hey maybe his dad was involved 
of course, I have no way of knowing this. Yeah, but it's kind of it a does long make, shot. It does make you think because just the fact that one person could yeah. you know, take out four people, with, that just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know how he pulled it off. They said that they were they uh, traced his his uh, phone, and he apparently was stalking them wherever they were. He was. Wow. I mean that is just out and out scary. He thinks he's going to outsmart them. Um, he's been working on some thesis where he's been talking to murderers and how they pick their victims and. This guy is just creepy. And the first thing I saw, honest to God, this is the first thing I saw. Is, well, the last public record we have of him is registering as a libertarian. Oh, oh boy. Oh, please, no. No, no, no. It'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. I'm, I guess we don't get any of the details until after they, uh, you know, they bring him to court. Uh, and then uh, they can, they'll, you know, release the information. But I guess they were following him. They were tracing his footsteps. Uh, two people said, I think Trey Gowdy is going to be the, uh, uh, would be a great house speaker. It would be at least fun to watch. Um, Glenn says Trey Gowdy for speaker of the house. So that's uh, talking about what's going on in the House of Representatives right now. But anyway, I was, I'm fascinated with what the guy's motive was. Was this a joy, a thrill kill? How did he manage to kill? Uh, well, before? maybe he was, because he was studying criminology, he liked the challenge. In fact, I even read reports about him uh, trying to contact the BTK killer, Dennis Rader. Did you see see that? Well, he had tried, he had apparently successfully managed to communicate with other killers. So it wouldn't surprise me that he would go I after... I mean, you could have a mind here that's so, you know, insane warped. and warped that this is like, hey, this is what I want to do and see if I can get away with it because I know all the, all the tricks of the trade as far as what the experts are going to be looking for. I think I can do this. It's a challenge to these type of people. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I, yeah, we don't know for sure. It's just pure speculation. Uh, but I, you know, I just, I can't imagine what the motive would be except a thrill kill uh, just to see if he could do it. Uh, I mean, why else? What else would the motive be? Well, it might be that he uh, made a pass at one of the girls and, you know, he was rejected. And uh, so and then in order maybe, to silence the others? Well, then, you know, maybe he breaks into the house. Uh, or I guess in this case, uh, walks into the house. It's still breaking. Uh, starts to murder uh, the first two, and then they, he hears noise upstairs, goes after the next couple. I don't know. And, you know, if the DNA is under somebody's fingernails, because apparently there were defensive wounds. Yeah. Uh, that would be another, you know, challenge for him to get out from under. Uh, I, I, he's smart, and he probably thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. But I, I think they worked really hard, played it close to the vest, were very careful. And blood is hard to, to completely get rid of. Um, if, he's, if you know he was covered in blood and sat in that car, um, a drop of blood gets somewhere. And apparently he did you know, wash the car. He, he went grocery shopping. He kept gloves on. 
apparently leery wow. that somebody might be looking to catch uh, to collect his DNA. This this is uh, this going to be a fascinating case, and uh, so far I would say it is the crime of the century. Nothing, nothing so far uh, compares. A really, really bizarre case. All right, eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free numbers eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. I am falling behind here because uh, uh, we've got. Uh, this Eric Geller, did you see his post on Twitter? He pulled it down, but it was really ugly. The passing of a Pope is next. It is uh, 49 minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. We're trying to keep up to date with what's going on in the House of Representatives. Uh, we have yet to, uh, to have a vote. Uh, McCarthy, he's going to have a little bit of a struggle. Uh, he's been nominated... Uh, for the House Speaker. I think that's going on right now. Uh, but the vote, not yet done. In the meantime, uh, Eric Geller uh, posted, a, you, you know that uh, Pope Benedict XVI passed away. And Geller posted, homophobic pedophile protector and Hitler youth alumnus dead at 95. Jeez, that's an ugly tweet. Um, I frankly liked Benedict better than I liked the current Pope. Uh, as a Catholic, I'm not fond of this guy, our Pope, at all. I, 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 I wish Benedict had uh, had stayed on. Uh, he just didn't think he had what it took, so he he resigned. Uh, and I guess the first uh, Pope to do that in quite a while. But he passed away, and I think that was a particular homophobic pedophile protector and Hitler Youth alumnus. Jeez, some mother's kids. Um, there is a um, couple of other things I want to get to. We're, we're fast running out of time. Let me see if I can find this. There is a story at Biopolitics. I brought this up earlier. I didn't get to the story. The leftist personality, left-wing ideology as a biological phenomenon. Uh, they say um, defining leftism uh, and then leftism and physical biology. Countless studies have shown that physical characteristics closely align with political orientation. AI facial recognition can accurately predict a person's political alignment 72% of the time, outperforming chance 50%, and human estimation 55%. Uh, taller, more attractive uh, people are more likely to identify as right-wing. Now, I am exceedingly tall by, by average standards and exceedingly attractive, uh, according to most uh, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> uh, I, expected, I expected more from you, Brian. <laughs> uh, but apparently, if you're tall and attractive, you're more likely to actively support right-wing parties, policies, and politicians. You didn't know that, did you? Well, being exceedingly tall and exceedingly attractive, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> there we go. You were off mic before. I was, yeah. Australia was and Europe, right-wing politicians more likely to be physically attractive than their left-wing counterparts. Men who are physically stronger are more likely to oppose wealth redistribution. Do you believe any of this? No. I don't either. There are attractive left-wing 
progressives, and there are some homely conservatives. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, how this, uh, how these conclusions were, were uh, you know, accomplished, but it's Bravo Sierra. Um, it's just, you know, when you read these stories like Fox News uh, watchers, uh, they tend to be uh, several IQ points uh, lower than average. It's the same kind of stupidity. Uh, it serves no purpose. Uh, there are attractive uh, and homely left and right wingers on both sides. Um, it's just silly to come up with this fake study um, and make it sound as though they've they've uncovered something uh, to make you feel good about yourself. Um, electric vehicles, EVs. There's a $7,500 tax credit, uh, but apparently it's not all cast in stone yet um, and some of these cars can be pretty steep uh, Lincoln Aviator Grand Tourer at uh, $80,000 uh, Ford F-150 Lightning uh, up to eighty grand. Um, Tesla Model 3 rear wheel drive fifty five grand. Some of these things are, and, and it's still, it, it's not 100% that you're going to get these things. Apparently, there are still some wrinkles to iron out. As of January 2023, a bunch of electric vehicles became newly eligible for the $7,500 tax credit, which passed into law as part of the Inflation Reduction Act. And boy, Brian, have you seen the price of food? I have, That yes. Inflation Reduction Act is really... Oh, it's really, stepping up, isn't it? Oh, my goodness, I... I can go in there with a you know two hundred dollars and buy a, a three or four days worth of groceries. <laughs> what a great deal that turned out to be! Some models new to the list lost their eligibility when their manufacturer hit previous credit sales cap of two hundred thousand vehicles. Tesla, Chevy, Bolts, uh, others have recently shifted their production to North America, meeting one of the crucial requirements. Because you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't, you would want to make these cars affordable. It'd be silly to do that. Uh, there's also a limit on how much income you can earn in order to be eligible for the credit. Households with an adjusted gross income of up to 300000 will still qualify for the credit, while heads of household must earn below $225,000. They're picking winners and losers. This is just such a stupid idea. And we know these cars are not they're not going to accomplish the goal. In fact, I think they're, it's counterintuitive uh, with all the ground they're tearing up uh, in order to, to build the batteries. This is just a, a monumental waste of time and money. There's still a lot in the air right now. The Treasury Department has set a March deadline for releasing guidance on some of the thornier issues surrounding battery material, uh, uh, the sourcing and other rules that could drastically reduce the eligibility uh, list if enacted. So while it looks like there are a lot of cars that are on the list, uh, there may be a whole lot less, depending on where the batteries are made. And generally speaking, these cars are pretty steep. Uh, most... Most Americans are probably not going to buy them. I, I don't see them as as ever being a good uh, investment. 
Uh, and, and we know now you have to drive them like 100,000 miles in order to just break even on the whole CO2 thing. Who expects... And did you see that the, Tesla's apparently releasing their tractor trailer? Um, and, and I guess it's, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, I would think so. In order to get a battery powerful enough to haul what needs to be hauled, um, you severely reduce the amount of weight you can haul. As roads have a, a weight limit. Can you imagine the price of that battery? Oh, I'll bet that's a dandy. <laughs> yeah, but that's a dandy. Uh, so you you have uh, diminished uh, the the uh, capacity of the of the hauler to bring goods to the market. So now you have to have more tractor trailers if that's what they're using. If they're using battery powered trucks, you got to have more of them to haul the same amount of goods. How is that in any way efficient? And apparently, Brian, and I didn't know this. Anybody out there with a battery-powered car want to comment on this? I, I'm curious. They have to have special tires because See, of the I weight. didn't know that. I didn't know I that. Knew I knew it just, was much heavier, but I didn't know it required a special type of tire. Apparently because of the weight. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, Brian, are they voting for the House right now? They are voting, but I have no audio. Oh, I thought we had... I oh, thought yeah. we did, too, but nothing has become available to use. <sighs> All right. Uh, they are, the House of Representatives is voting for Speaker. We've only got a minute or two left. Uh, the, they're, they're taking the count. Uh, I'll be curious to see if it turns out that more than five Republicans don't vote for uh, McCarthy. God, I don't know how we don't have audio. What a shame. Uh, because this is riveting. This is history making. Uh, if they don't come up with a, a speaker on this vote, it'll be the first time in a long time that that has happened. And, and I think even if we had audio, we're not going to get at the end of the votes by the time the show ends in 10 seconds. <laughs> 10 seconds? Yeah. No, no, we should keep going. I know. We've only just begun, but we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, then uh, don't forget, Glenn Beck is up next. Sean Hannity will be with us. Randy Tobler and Wake Up Columbia. Um, it is uh, the way to start your morning. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.